Discussing the commodities markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors, and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Commodity Watch Radio with Dominic Frisby. Hello and welcome to Commodity Watch Radio, which is hosted in association with Mindsight.com. I'm Dominic Frisby and I'm on the phone to Michael Hampton, who is in Hong Kong. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? I'm very well, Dominic. Nice to be here. Excellent. Now, um, we spoke at great length last week. You felt there may be a turn in the markets coming, a significant intermediate turn. And uh, you were writing about it last week and uh, you thought it could come as soon as last Thursday or Friday or even uh, Monday today. Um, why don't you tell us about the turn? And, and um, I mean, it doesn't look like we're seeing it at the moment. Uh, the markets are down. I understand the Hang Seng was down 5% uh, today. Um, tell us uh, why you think the turn is, is coming. And, and at the moment, we're kind of teetering on the brink. And, and how does that feel? Well, I'm sitting on the fence at the moment, uh, so I'll just say that uh, before I go any further. Um, but the uh, the logic of this turn has to do with a number of different signals. Uh, one is the market's fallen a long way, um, and it's oversold by most measures. The sentiment is uh, quite negative. Um, and, uh, you know, basically I can see some value in the market. And uh, with all those kind of things stacking up, uh, you know, I was looking for a reason to uh, to go along the market. And uh, one of the things that I found is a useful tool most of the time, but not all the time, uh, are the Bradley turn dates. And I know some people have uh, very little time for astrology, but uh, I try to keep an open mind about anything. And... Um, the Bradley turn dates uh, have worked very well in the past. I think they have a record of working, I don't know, 70 or 80 percent of the time. Um, and the way they work basically is there are a number of astrological uh, indicators, including things like full moons, which were put into a model by somebody called Bradley. And this was done originally, uh, oh, I don't know, about 50 years ago, I think. Um, and he developed a model which, uh, you know, gives uh, – with potential turn dates. And the, the problem with the turn date is you don't really know whether the turn is uh, from up to down or from down to up. And uh, with the market under such pressure, uh, my expectation was that if this turn date worked, it would be a down to up turn. And, uh, you know, I think the next rally when it comes, because the market is so over, oversold, will be a very dramatic one. Uh, bringing in a lot of points uh, on the upside and maybe a very fast move of 10, 20, 30 percent over a period of a few weeks. So we were looking for this thing, uh, a reason to uh, go along the market. And uh, a, a guy called Larry Pesavento, and I've been following his commentary on, uh, on Tom O'Brien's show for some time. Uh, Larry has... Uh, called the market extremely successfully back in October and a few times he's called some good turns since then. But he called uh, October as being potentially the worst 
week, uh, this, I think it was the first or second week of October, being potentially the worst week since the 1930s. And indeed, that's what we saw. So I've been listening to Larry. And back in late January or February, he started talking about a turn the first week in March. And he targeted the time frame of the 4th to the 10th of March, which, you know, if we hit those dates, would have been Wednesday to Saturday. And uh, um, so we were looking for a turn. Uh, we did a conference call on Thursday before the market opened in the U.S. And indeed, the market wound up falling quite smartly um, on Thursday. And I did a bunch of buying myself on Thursday and uh, was feeling pretty good about that over the weekend, uh, really hoping to see a nice upthrust here on, uh, on Monday. Now, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting on the fence and even uh, a touch worried because uh, what we're seeing so far is uh, some pretty big down moves in, uh, in the Far East. Um, the uh, Hong Kong market was down 4.8%, which is a big move. And Japan was down one, about 1.5%. Uh, and um, the, uh, the UK market and the uh, European markets at one stage were down, uh, and I think they're gone down again now as I speak to you, down about 2%, um, 1% to 2%. So we're not seeing any evidence of the turn yet. And uh, that leaves me sitting on the fence. 5% um, is a lot in Hong Kong. Is that because of its, uh, it's more exposed to the financial sector? Well, I think, you know, in a way, this is kind of spillover from news which uh, has been around over the weekend. Um, and that is, um, even before the weekend, HSBC is raising money. And uh, the news of HSBC's fundraising and... Uh, the, the news of its problems in America came out over the last few days and showed up in the market today. HSBC, by the way, was down 13% today. It's a huge move. And that has a lot to do with, uh, you know, dan damaging the psychology and the, so forth in, in Hong Kong. I'll, I will point out that Japan was down one and a half and Korea was up one and a half. So the Hong Kong market is the one that's been most, uh, Badly beat up, and I think some of that bad news is spilling over into into Europe. Uh, another thing that's not helping the market is uh, credit. Um, credit is is uh, tight again. Uh, some of the credit spreads uh, are going out again, and banks uh, uh, and G companies like GE are talking about how they need to raise money. So um, all these things are adding up to give us a pretty negative. Uh, day and probably a pretty negative opening in uh, in uh, um, in Wall Street. Now, what I would hope to is, see is in there Wall an indicator Street, as the week, you know, however Monday does, thus the rest of the week goes. Well, uh, yeah, there can be. Um, I mean, I tend to think that gaps uh, that most of the time you want to trade against the gap that you know, especially in in, in the U.S. that if the market opens down a bunch. Um, it's usually a good idea to go long it. You know, if it opens down one, two, three percent, you usually make money going long it because, you know, it will come back and fill that gap. Now, that hasn't been the case uh, all the time. And there was a case uh, not long ago where we got a big gap down and it continued to drop. Um, and I think uh, some people will know I talked about that a bit in my diary 
One thing I want to point out about that most recent incident was that gap happened after a long weekend where the U.S. market was closed on Monday and there was a big gap when it opened on Tuesday. And in some way, you could think that, you know, actually you can trade the U.S. markets uh, overseas during the during Monday. And, you know, if you looked at, you know, the overnight trading and so forth, you wouldn't have seen a gap. You would have seen the drift downwards. So that was a bit of a false gap. But it looks like we're going to get an opening gap in the U.S., and if this turn is going to work um, the way that uh, Larry Pesavento has been talking about, uh, we really need to see the market rally from the from the opening. Um, and uh, I mean, there is a chance that uh, the turn will be delayed another day into Tuesday, um, or there's a chance we won't see it at all. And uh, I think you've raised a third possibility, which has me a little bit worried. Uh, that uh, and maybe you want to comment more on that, but that, in fact, this might be not a turn yeah, down it's, to it's up, a, but just a turn towards a dramatic, more dramatic drop. Yeah, I was going to say rather than up to down, down to down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we've been more kind of trickling, down. we've been kind of edging downwards uh, towards the cliff, if you like, over the last month or so, and maybe you know, the, this time frame is when we when we go off, when we actually go over the edge. Well, that's a very good point because people um, uh, are talking about how there seem to be a lot of people now who are looking for a bounce, and they're negative on the market. They, you know, they've been negative, and they're now looking for a bounce. As an example, uh, Bob Prechter, who's been short or maybe even double short for um, eighteen months since July two thousand seven. Uh, went out to his subscribers last week and said, let's cover the shorts because uh, he said, even though I expected to drop further, and I think he was maybe targeting 600 or something on the S&P, he said, well, the easy money's been made and, you know, the market could bounce at any time. And when the bounce comes, it could be pretty dramatic. So let's bank our profits. Now, he wasn't talking about going log, Bob Prechter, but he was suggesting to cover shorts. And uh, it would be interesting to see if the market uh, goes into a capitulation phase, uh, whether Prechter and some of the other people uh, will actually talk about going long, um, uh, you know, rather than just covering shorts. Uh, but what's been missing from, from that is a sharp down day, an increase in VIX, um, panic selling. Um, the selling had been orderly up until the last uh, day or two. And... Um, you know, that would then maybe signal uh, a turn. But that might be accompanied by, oh, I don't know, another 5 10 or 15% drop in the market, which would be pretty scary if we see it over the next week or so. Um, I think you have a turn date as well, a different sort of turn date in April. Well, I do. Um, I'll, I'll tell you about that. It's, uh, it's one of Martin Armstrong's turn dates. Now, Martin Armstrong uh, has uh, various models based on pi and uh, various fibonacci ratios which by which he calculates uh, cycles in the market and he back in the late 1990s predicted that february 26 2007 would be a major turn date and that was the day that every single banking or financial stock peaked and they've been in a horrendous spare market as we all know ever since and um, he does have this, the, using his models, I mean, there's all sorts of controversy and uh, mystery surrounding his life. He's been in jail without trial. I understand he's been in jail without trial for the longest time that any U.S. citizen has ever been in jail 
without trial and people won. And he didn't even lose a billion dollars. I mean, he... (laughs) Yeah, he lost some money, but not as much as a lot of people have lost over the last year. And uh, Mm. he was... The CIA were apparently trying to buy his mathematical models and all sorts of things. But anyway, Mm. he has April the 20th as one of his turn dates. And he, he... put out a piece actually about a month or two ago I guess he put it out from prison and uh, mm-hmm. he said that uh, he, he, I mean I kind of thought at the beginning of the year we would see a rally like we did in 1930 mm-hmm. uh, into mm-hmm. April the 20th or that kind of yep. time frame and then we the bear market would resume from there on in but in fact we kind of ra- got a rally into about January the 1st uh, from mm-hmm. the November lows and then it's basically been in a bear market ever since um, so maybe we'll capitulate into April the 20th and that's where we'll find our low. But who knows? But, I mean, we're talking about all sorts of, you know, we're talking about astrology and mathematical models and cycles. Is I mean, I wonder if a lot of people will ask, is that not all mumbo-jumbo? Well, <laughs> um, nothing works all the time. So if you expect it to work 100% of the time, then it is mumbo jumbo because you know it's proven not to be 100% accurate but you know the way i look at it is you know i want to improve my odds of success and if i can find something that works 70% of the time uh for example um then that can be an important tool provided i use it together with other tools and uh, you know i want to talk a little bit about what i'm actually doing because you know as i am sitting on the fence here uh, I'm going to have to take action or not, you know, later today. If the market doesn't rally back from an opening gap down, which is what I'm expecting to see here today, um, I'll probably do is I'll probably come out of some of the positions I put on Thursday. Now, what is I- interesting and encouraging to me is that most of my longs recently have been in, in the energy sector. And, um, you know, I basically think that oil's too cheap relative to almost everything. So I've been moving into, um, and last week I made a move into the XLE and uh, some stocks with an energy uh, kind of bias to them. Um, and they, they're holding up pretty well. Actually, oil's up, um, I'll tell you in a second here, it was up over a dollar last time I checked. Uh, WTI Brent was. Is down about 70 cents. I don't know about, don't know about uh, okay. WTI. Okay, so maybe it's turned, it's turned lower, so that's not... Compared that's to not what I want to see, but, <laughs> but actually, WTI, which is uh, the U.S. one now, is up twenty-four cents. Okay. So BP that up. was up. A, yeah, that that's interesting to see BP's up, but um, the oil shares have been uh, holding up well, and the last time we got a big sell-off in in stocks and we got a big sell-off in uh, the banks. Um, the oils went down with it. In fact, in some for some some of that time, they went down he- more heavily, and they made their low um, in October, November. But since then, they've been performing much better than than the banks and better than the S and P. So I'm I'm a little bit comfortable with uh, oils, even if we get this capitulation in the overall market. The area where I'm a little bit less confident is is on the uh, semiconductors. Let me, let me just after, can I just make a, yeah. an observation? It was just uh, basically in October, November, everything went down, and yes. then uh, gold and gold shares were the first to rally, and uh, yeah. you know they've been basically in a bull market since November, while everything else has 
continued selling selling off and this time round it looks like uh, everything else will sell off but this time oil will also rally well that's good and I, what I'll do is I'll put some charts up on the thread I'll start a thread for this podcast and the charts I'll do is I'll do a ratio between the XLE which is the uh, energy spider and uh, the S&P 500 another ratio between the GDX which is the uh, ETF for gold stocks and the S&P and in that chart, we should be able to see the phenomenon you just mentioned, where they first the oil, sorry, first the gold stocks, and then then now the the oil stocks were were outperforming the market. Um, so that's where you want to be. I mean, if if you're if we if we're still in a bear market here and we've got a capitulation, the the only place you want to be is in the strongest sector, because uh, and then hopefully when the when the market turns, the strong sector will continue strong and. And, uh, you know, when, when, you know, instead of just holding its own, it will actually rise fast. So I think there's a chance we'll see that. I mean, there is some fundamental background for this, which, uh, you know, we hear, we're hearing about on Bloomberg, which is that uh, OPEC's talking about some pretty uh, tough price cuts. Um, and, uh, and also, when Bloomberg isn't talking about this. I mean, seasonally, this is a pretty good time for, uh, for oil to make a bottom. Um, seasonally, you've got this so-called shoulder month, and it all has to do with the fact that we're through the worst of the winter. Uh, the heating oil inventories are being run down. Um, the refineries uh, do turnarounds; they retool themselves so they can uh, produce more gasoline and less heating oil, and they they buy a little bit less crude. So there is a period when these refineries are down, when the demand for crude drops. And then after that, um, demand for crude picks up and oil prices tend to pick up with it. So we're now coming into that time frame. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to go long oil here. So hopefully this uh, seasonal pattern will uh, bail me out even if the, the turn date doesn't work. But uh, I'm sitting on the fence on that. We, we might still see it. Just out of interest, BHP Billiton is down today. So that would suggest mm. that even though oil... And, and some of the oil stocks are up. Venture, for example, is up uh, a percent or so. But um, so, but so it suggests that uh, other commodities are down, uh, are, st are still trending down, and it's only oil and gold that are decoupling. Yes, uh, you know, and, and uh, that's probably true. And I, I think when the economy really shows signs of recovery, and that could be some months away, uh, commodities will do pretty well. And I, Mark Faber has come out, I think, today and said he expects commodities to be one of the first performing sectors. I'm actually expecting oil to be uh, something that will tell us when we start moving back into an inflationary time. And if we're seeing the low in oil now, you know, as oil edges up through 50 and $60 and so forth, if indeed that happens, that may be a sign that uh, inflation is coming. Uh, another sign will be the weak dollar. I mean, um, I'm not in the UK. Maybe you can comment on this, but I think the weak pound has led to some increases in food prices and so forth in the UK. Oh, I mean, I don't follow it that closely. I just moan about the cost of everything, Mike. But uh, <laughs> I, I did feel I went to um, the States a couple of weeks ago, and it's the first time I've ever gone to the States and thought, my God, this country is expensive. It felt really, really expensive. Oh, I just felt, you know, we, I took the kids to Disneyland and, it, you know. Uh, it, it, well, that's it an expensive burned. place anyway. Well, it was about, <laughs> I think it was about $60 a ticket. But, you know, $60, oh. 30 pounds, you think, fair enough. But suddenly $60, 40 or 45 pounds, you, you suddenly think, ouch, that's quite a lot when, you, when you're, you know, taking two kids and a granny. 
Well, let me just mention one further timing thing which might stack up here. And, uh, you know, I think you have to be a little bit careful about formulating these uh, expectations because you want the market to tell you what it's going to do rather than, you know, having too many uh, expectations about it. And I'm, you know, waiting for the market to tell me today what it's going to do. But uh, so the market telling me oil was strong was led me into the right part of what's a weak market. Um, But Here's what might happen, so we could kind of watch for this. What what we might see, you know, as a way of um, putting these cycles together, is we might see um, a rally in the market, and then a retracement back into April the twentieth, um, your date from Martin Armstrong, and then April the twentieth date might represent some kind of a low in the financials. You know, maybe a double bottom. So I'm kind of hoping that semiconductors and oils and other stocks will rally soon. Um, and then when we get the, uh, the retracement back, hopefully that will give us some kind of a low in financials. I mean, one would hope that the financials would bottom sooner than that. But uh, certainly the news flow on the financial side looks pretty strongly negative here. Um, and uh, so anyway, let's, let's, see, uh, let's see if we see that. So anyway, this is interesting because, you know, it, it's always nice. In fact, at first I thought maybe we shouldn't do this podcast because I'm sitting on the fence. But, uh, oh, I finally want to say, what am I going to do today? Um, if the market does open down and continues down, um, I will probably um, I will probably uh, sell my calls on the SMH um, if the SMH is looking bad because the calls will still have value. Um, they have some time to run, and uh, I can take the money out now and, and then put, the, put it back in when we, we see a better sign of a bottom. And I'd rather hope that my oil, oil uh, investments hold up pretty well. All right. Well, good stuff, Mike. Uh, why don't you give out the website address? Sure. Um, please come and have a look. Um, I'll have a thread with some of these charts we've been talking about. Um, I'm going to give you a different way in today, the easy way in, um, gei-n.com. That'll lead you to a special section of Global Edge Investors, gei-n.com. There we go. Mike Hampton, thank you very much. Thanks, Tom. Commodity Watch Radio is presented and produced by Dominic Frisby for Mindsight with music by Manolo Camp. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our bulletin board at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com.